Welcome to the Strong Like Mum podcast. Yay! This podcast is sponsored by Pregnacare. Pregnacare vitamin and mineral supplements provide advanced nutritional support for every stage of pregnancy, before, during and after. They include vitamin D and the exact levels of folic acid as recommended by the UK Department of Health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strong Like Mum podcast. Today I'm joined by Jess, aka the Fat Funny One. Jess is an award-winning blogger, speaker and body confidence activist. On today's episode, we're tackling the pretty intense topic of tocophobia, which for anyone who might not know, is diagnosed as a pathological fear of pregnancy and can lead to avoidance of childbirth. However, despite experiencing these symptoms, Jess is a mum of three and amazingly has agreed to open up about her experience in order to shatter the stereotypes and help anyone who might be going through something similar. Hello, Jess. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for um, agreeing to come on this podcast, but also about such a personal topic. I, I don't you don't hear many people talking about it. No, and it's why I kind of try and jump at opportunities to talk about it, because I think it's really important to discuss because not many people are discussing it so when did you first realize that you were um suffering these symptoms or when was it first diagnosed so diagnosed the first time was probably june or july in 2012 so i was due a baby in august 2012 so my first year and so it was that late into my pregnancy um that that they diagnosed me but to be fair I didn't realize it was a thing until I got pregnant and um, so I didn't realize I had this fear of childbirth I didn't think it was to ever really I guess think about it until I got pregnant and then realized the baby had to come out from somewhere <laughs> um, <laughs> and and then I started to freak out and progressively throughout my pregnancy it got worse and worse and worse and worse I started to have horrendous nightmares uh, it was just it was awful um, so what are some of the symptoms of it so a lot of it is is it's mainly thoughts I guess it's mainly things going on in your head it's it's the Mm -hmm. idea that something bad is going to happen um Mm -hmm. and that that's the thing that you can't really shake um so I had loads of um, recurring nightmares um that I was something was going to happen to me or the baby um I couldn't sleep at night Uh, lack of sleep is a huge one panic attacks um lots of anxiety so things that you would get normally excited about in your pregnancy like your scans and your birth plan and all these things that they would just petrify you um and it varies depending on the person but those are probably the most common and did you were, were your fears all geared around labor in particular or did you have fears around the pregnancy or becoming a new parent or I mean you you said you mentioned there's something happening to the baby but was it sort of developmental issues you were worried about? Tocophobia's main issue is childbirth so it's it's mainly around the pregnancy and the birth in particular so mine was all around birth so it was about the fact that I just did not think I could birth a baby and we'd both be happy and healthy um I just couldn't labor was just frightening to me I just thought something would go wrong and I had all this this kind of build up and and actually I had no positive birth experiences known so I didn't know anyone who'd had a really positive birth experience so I had everyone in my family had emergency cesareans and everybody had had quite um, traumatic births so I didn't have anything to go by that said to me 
you know, birth can be beautiful, birth can be wonderful. And um, all I had was what I knew from my family, which was all pretty traumatic. And then actually what we see on telly, which again, is this scary, screaming, horrible thing. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's never shown as actually being something quite beautiful, apart from the bit where the baby comes out, and then everyone's like, Oh, um, but up until that moment, it's, it's always depicted as being something quite horrible. Um, and so that's all I knew. That's all I knew. I think you're right. I mean, people also really love to share their bad birth stories. Oh my gosh, you know? it's so weird, isn't it? Like you meet people at baby groups and stuff and it's like, who can trump the other person with the most worst experience ever? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know everyone's birth story before you know their name. It's so bizarre. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's what happens. So you get everyone telling you, oh my gosh, I had, you know, I was 27 days in labour and it was horrendous. And someone goes, oh my God, I was a month in labour. It was horrendous. And you're like, oh my but gosh. So how did you, if it was diagnosed so late, I mean, you know, a big part of your pregnancy was affected by this. Mm. Um, were you able to still enjoy elements of your pregnancy but or was it pretty much plagued by this fear? Um, yes and no. I, I, don't, I don't ever really recall being excited, which sounds awful um but I don't ever remember and I had a baby shower and I remember being happy at those moments and you know looking at tiny baby clothes and stuff and all of those things were really sweet and cute and lovely um but then I would hit reality again when I got to bed at night you know got into bed and then had to think about all the other things that came with it which was that this baby's got to get out before they can get into these lovely cute really yeah. clothes um and because it was diagnosed so late, the safest option at that point was my consultant um, decided that I would have a elective section. And okay. that was going to be the safest way. Because if they, at that point, had let me continue, my anxiety was so bad. He just said, I just don't want you to panic. You're going to have a panic attack and it's not going to be healthy for either of you because you're just not going to manage you're stressed well in that moment and did that calm you down yes and no and it sounds bizarre because everyone's like oh my god a c-section is my biggest fear but for me it was controlled so it was like I knew when it was going to happen it was a controlled environment I knew there were going to be people there that you know it was going to be safe it was going to be done in a hospital all of those things so for me that that made me feel better um so I kind of felt okay, which most people just find really odd. But having knowing it's in a, a controlled environment is a huge thing when you're anxious about the unknown. Yeah, yeah. Because then I can plan. I think that's a big thing in pregnancy is it, something that I've struggled with is the unknown. Mm. Not to such an extreme that I, I've been diagnosed with something like tocophobia, but certainly I struggle with the unknown as well, you know, I'll I'm the sort of person I'll go for a scan and the next day I'll be like oh but I don't know what well you know I haven't seen the baby for 24 hours and how do I know what's going on in there <laughs> you know it's, like, I I totally I can understand that did you feel um the same during your second pregnancy or did you already you know having experienced it once did you feel as though things were a little bit calmer yeah so I definitely because you know we plan to have more children and for me I was like right if I'm gonna have another baby I'm gonna do everything I can to tackle this like I'm gonna do what I can there must be you know a way around this and I obviously had a, a nice experience in terms of my c-section with Sophia I recovered okay you know I thought oh this is this is okay you know we're both here we're both safe and happy this should be okay so when yeah. I got pregnant with Isabella 
in between actually Sophia and Isabella I suffered a miscarriage so I had this added extra part of anxiety that I necessarily didn't have the first time around so I had this anxiety about birth but now I had this added anxiety that something could go wrong before then um but once we kind of got over the first maybe 12 16 weeks and I, I kind of really got into into being pregnant I was like right I'm gonna do everything I can so I went on every hypnobirthing course in the country <laughs> like I just went full hog I bought every single book ever written about hypnobirthing and positive birth experiences I just went crazy and I spent a whole heap of money and I was like I'm gonna do this like this you know I, we were made to do this come on and I just I went full hog and I had birth affirmations all over my house like I literally was like this is it and um, only for my waters to break four weeks early and for me to get sepsis and end up in oh, an emergency no, my gosh. So I, just, I was like okay that was a bit annoying and it was, so when that all happened, yeah, did, were you able to use what you'd learned in hypnobirthing to keep calm? Totally. I was so able to just know that actually, yes, something scary is happening, but I will be okay. You know, my body knows what it's doing right now. And, and all these affirmations that I told myself all over these months were just so helpful. The breathing techniques in hypnobirthing for me were just so key. And I remember when they came into the room, and said, you know, we're going to have to take you to surgery now. And she kind of looked at me because I, I guess she probably thought I was going to panic at that point because they'd got all my notes and they knew about mm. my tocophobia. And I was like, okay, okay. And I just put my headphones in and I put on my guided meditation and I was like, no problem, it's fine. Oh, wow. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and, but was also, your partner I, I, there throughout? Yeah, yeah. My husband Trevor was there. So I think also I had him and I'd had a cesarean before, so I knew what to expect. So I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. This is fine. Um, and then third time round, I had my baby in a pandemic. Look, I just, I just don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, I'm not really sure how I've got to three. Um, how did you feel? Um, obviously, you just, you've just touched on it. We're in the middle. You know, as we're recording at the moment, we're still in a form of lockdown. Yeah. Um, how did that? There's so many reports at the moment in the media of that adding so many, so much. Um, so many mental health pressures on women who are pregnant in this time. And, you know, I, I freaked out that I'm pregnant at the moment too. And I freaked out the second that they said, oh, um, you know, pregnant women are now in the vulnerable category. Yeah, because at first they weren't, weren't they? Yeah, no, they weren't. And I, I also, I didn't listen to that. I wasn't listening to that broadcast. And I suddenly just had messages coming through from people who thought they were being helpful. But they were like, don't worry about it. Stay calm. And I was like, wait. I was like, I'm not worried, but I think I need to be. And <laughs> what's happening? Oh, no. And then I, you know, was reading all these stories, pregnant women now. And I, and I was really stressed. And, you know, obviously everything's, you've sort of acclimatised to the new normal, as they say. Yeah. But how did you feel that that impacted you know this third pregnancy luckily so I had JJ literally on the Friday and lockdown was the Monday so we had it was at that point where the hospital rules had changed around visitors and social distancing was being advised but it wasn't kind of you didn't have to do it but you kind of had to do it and um, but lockdown wasn't really in place so on the day I had an elective section this time which I didn't actually choose until a couple of weeks before and um, because I really wanted to try for my third time lucky come on girl you're gonna do this and then yeah. when everything happened and it was this global pandemic I suddenly thought okay you know is this gonna be the best thing for me is this gonna add another stress and is this gonna be a massive trigger for me in terms of 
uh, managing my anxiety and my tocophobia. So I, at the last minute, changed and said, you know what, I'll go for an elective. Um, so I went in on the Friday. Trevor was only allowed to come in for the birth and luckily stay on the ward after, which I know they're not allowed to do now. But I also yeah. think it was it was at peak time when a lot of people were self-isolating. So they were massively short-staffed. Yeah. Um, and because they were so short-staffed, I think it helped having the dads in the room because I'd have obviously had a section and a lot of the other women in recovery had. So they could go and get our food for us and do all these things that I guess nurses and midwives would normally do. Yeah. Sorry, one second. <laughs> is this another is this an ice lolly call from the next no it's fine daddy daddy someone's escaped from daddy someone's escaped from daddy sorry <laughs> i didn't hear her and i was like she's getting louder and closer, and closer. <laughs> dad and then, has lost control daddy's, daddy's lost control no no she's here she's made it <laughs> <laughs> she's looking at me um, she's broken free where did I get up to yeah so um we were quite lucky because he stayed and I think having the dads in the room made it a bit more helpful because obviously they could help because they were social sorry I'm laughing because you're like makes the dad the dads are really helpful <laughs> when they've lost control of the kids mid-podcast <laughs> I, know. I don't know how she escaped because she was sat with him on the bed so she's had all this time to get off the bed get down the hallway get down the stairs like what what are you doing? <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And actually, like, um, as you're talking there, you're saying about how much help it was. And I felt fine this whole time. And I've really, I've been on a big mental health journey myself with anxiety over the years. Yeah. And I've got to a really great place. So I've been really proud of myself because although there's all these external pressures, I've managed to stay really calm and really positive. And then I went in for a scan a few weeks ago and they discovered like one of the babies had slightly increased fluid and they basically, you know, they'd ran all these tests, everything came back fine, but they said, you know, in terms of your labour, there's all these different possibilities and things that we really need to now be careful of and blah, blah, blah. And I, all of a sudden, I came home, had this big meltdown because I was like, I, this is now my breaking point. You're not going to be there to my husband. I was like, you're not going to be there at the beginning if I'm induced or whatever and I I, I don't know. know what the rules are is that is that what it is now so you're not he's not allowed to be so I think that yeah so that so you have to be an established labor I think you have to be about four centimeters dilated before they can come in um and yeah I really I, I was actually I I went in for like a trace recently and it was at night time and they made me sit in a bed opposite a woman in labor, which firstly, I was like, I'm so sorry, but you are like a horror movie right now. I, like, <laughs> I can't believe they've sat me opposite you. Um, oh, but yeah, her partner wasn't there and it was her first baby. And I, I watched her and I, I tried to be as supportive as I could. But I just yeah. thought, gosh, it's, it's really hard. And I, I don't know if you've got any little bits of advice um, that you might give, you know, just through your experience and having to really learn how to stay calm with such an intense fear, anybody who is going into labour in the next few weeks who might be having to go through periods of this on their own, if there's anything you know, you could sort of... Any wisdom you'd like to share? Yeah, my... Do you know what? Affirmations for me were huge. And the one that always sticks by me is that is kind of... Your body knows what it's doing and you're going to be okay. And I had to keep telling myself that. The other one was everybody around you wants you and your baby to be safe and well. 
And so whether that's your partner or a midwife or a doctor or a consultant or, you know, the woman in the bed next to you, everybody mm-hmm. at that moment will, will want to support you in any way they can. So mm-hmm. even you saying, you know, I wanted to support her. It's just our instinct that there's something, no one's going to leave you. You're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think that's really, really tough. Um, and also part of because I did, I did labor with Isabella. And part of me is always like, actually, it would have been quite nice to be on my own because everyone else just got on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> there's some really good plus sides because even the night that I stayed in hospital with JJ and obviously no one was in there it was just me and the windows no visitors nothing and do you know what it was actually beautiful to just be in the ward so quiet there was mm. no visitors there was no one milling about and it was just four mums with their babies it was really yeah. quiet it was really calm and it was actually really lovely to just have that moment to bond with him just me and him before yeah. we came home to the the craziness of his sisters I think that's something that might progress as you go on because I remember with um with Rio I as well I was like with Rio I was so eager to get home he was my first baby and literally I stayed up all night and I was like I want to go I was packed and ready to go the next morning I was like I want to go home I want to go home and with Ezra I was like literally they were like you can go home now I was like no I'm staying an extra night I was like I'm I'm not going (laughs) I was like no 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 no. I'm not ready I need to stay so I stayed two nights in hospital because I literally was like I just love this quiet time where it's just me and this one baby you know yeah and I keep telling a lot of people I've said to that so many new mums I've said you know what I know it's your first baby and you want to get home you want to be with your partner and you want to be with your family you want everyone to come and see the baby actually just have that one night or that two mm. nights with just you and your baby um if you are staying in the hospital and actually it's really beautiful to have that quiet time because mm. you, you won't ever get that night back just the two of you yeah. and when you just have that moment or the three of you <laughs> some yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. it's actually really nice <laughs> really nice to have that moment and you're and someone said to me you know I'm about to have a what do I what do I do and I was like you will know what to do I know mm. that sounds so cliche and everyone told you that but actually instinctively you know your baby's gonna cry you're gonna pick them up and touch them and hold them and you'll know you know yeah. there's, there's not much they want from you apart from they want feeding and changing and, and you'll know those things instinctively so yeah. it's really actually quite nice to have those moments of quiet and those moments of and, and not having visitors because it's not just you who doesn't have a visitor nobody has visitors so actually yeah. the ward itself is really nice and peaceful yeah so you know, so for the screaming newborns every couple of hours yeah, apart, from, yeah, apart from the, the crying baby um, <laughs> But actually, do you know what? I found even the babies weren't that bad. And I'm sure it's because the hospital was so quiet. Yeah. Because there just wasn't anyone around. You know, normally in a, you get visitors and the person next to you has got visitors and, you know, you want to get up and fart and everyone in the whole shared ward is going <laughs> to hear you. And, you know, their visitors are going to hear you. And it's, it's there's such this lack of privacy, isn't there? Like, you just feel so exposed. So it was actually really nice to be able to get up and go to the toilet and not worry about bumping into someone's nan who's completely dead you know what I mean like all dressed lovely with her bloom and flowers and you're like half dressed trying to go to the toilet wheeling (laughs) the cannula with you or whatever it is that you've done and there's like like trying to hobble along with your like adult nappies on and like what's it called the um What's it called? What they put in, you know, for wee, where you wee? The catheter. That's it, not can you? Yeah, I'm I'm a massive fan of those. I've had a million of them. Oh, God, Um, honestly. But it's so nice that people not have that, have any people around. Yeah, yeah. I know it's it's very scary, but actually there are some real nice moments that you can have. Um, And so along with um, with, with your affirmations, were there any other natural remedies that you would really recommend just through pregnancy or was it mainly just your affirmations and just a positive mindset that you worked with? 
Yeah, guided meditations were amazing. Or just spa music. Mm-hmm. You can literally Google spa music on like any like lift and, music. Yeah, like and just plugging oh. in. <laughs> I always say spa music. I did once type in Nando's music and it just made me hungry because it was like really like <laughs> fun and like holiday sounding. <laughs> Um, but no just like you know that like really lovely music you get in a spa or yeah in a lift or just even just guided meditations and there's yeah. a lot of, of hypnobirthing ones which are great which are free online and um, but actually I found plugging into those really stopped my focus I, I forgot what was going on around me and mm-hmm. um, it didn't matter who was faffing or what was beeping or who was talking I just popped my my headphones in and just switched off and that was so brilliant like probably one of the best things I did because you really do need to switch off yeah um everyone else and everything that's going on because it can be quite panicky and quite stressful and people get especially when I was had Isabella you know I was quite ill I had sepsis so people were panicking Mm. and I could hear panic in people's voices and that made me panic so actually I just popped my headphones in um, and let them talk to Trevor (laughs) because I was like (laughs) oh him you know don't you know as long as you don't need me to you know say anything or do anything let me just lay here and switch off and listen to this and bring my anxiety levels down yeah um I definitely recommend headphones charge your headphones take your headphones yeah um and even for the crying babies at night if you just want to switch off from that or just (laughs) fall asleep you've just had a baby you don't need to listen to it (laughs) someone said to me what about the other babies I was like you'll always hear your baby like you just will I I actually just had one headphone in and the side where um JJ was I didn't have a headphone even though you just know but instinctively you normally wake up a second before they wake up anyway but um yeah I just I just put headphones in and just again it's that calming music just to make you nod off just to make you feel calm pretend you're in a spa you're obviously not but pretend yeah I know no, I hear you I totally hear you and I think um I spoke to someone else this earlier this week and they were talking as well about using music that seems to be quite a popular thing I I used it yeah. as well with mine it's really weird I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ed Sheeran and I well that made me sound like a number one fan I'm not like a crazy <laughs> fan but like <laughs> I think he's quite good and, <laughs> and um I don't have his poster or anything Sorry. and um I kept playing um Oh, what was that? Okay, I mean, this is how big a fan I am. I don't even know the name of the song. What's that? Um, when your legs don't work like they used to before. You know, that one. And I, I was listening to that. And I was listening to that when I gave birth. And now I'm like, oh, it's so weird. <laughs> I can't listen to it anymore because I literally was giving birth. <laughs> yeah, favourite songs, yeah. You'll, you'll ruin them for the rest of your life. Um, but no, just but music you enjoy, music that makes you feel good, and you know, makes you puts you in a happy place. Yeah, is is the main point of of being able to switch off and zone out. Yeah. Um, another thing I just wanted to touch on just before we wrap things up. So you're also a big body positivity activist. Um, I we've worked together a few times, and and you certainly get that feel from you, and you make everyone feel really good. Um, and pregnancy obviously there's a lot of physical changes and I actually had a comment come through on my Instagram recently someone someone was saying oh gosh you know I'm in my third trimester this person was saying I'm in my third trimester I'm having to adapt my exercise and I'm really worried because I'm starting to put on weight and I was it, you know it, to me I mean you're in your third trimester your body needs additional body fat I put on weight before I even get pregnant <laughs> <laughs> just to prepare a good foundation layer yeah <laughs> Um, I'm just wondering, have you ever struggled with the physical changes of pregnancy or is this something that you've always just been able to accept? 
I must admit, it's the one thing I adore. I just think your body is doing something so blooming amazing. Mm. And I know it's really hard when, especially for people who, you know, like the aesthetic of what they look like, you know, like to keep fit or like their body to look a certain way. It is a massive change and that can be really difficult. Um, And I... And have, you know, worked and, and had friends who have, have really struggled with that change. And, you know, you go, oh, my God, I've put on six pounds. And I'm like, hun, this is amazing. Like, and I really mm. try to, you know, reassure them of the fact that you are doing something so incredible. Like, when you really think of, you know, getting pregnant and the fact that your baby is growing inside of you, just mm. how insanely incredible that is. You yep. kind of almost think, yeah, actually, to you know what, what is five pounds or whatever. Uh, you know, yep. it, it just... I always tell people focus on what your body is actually doing and trying to do. Um, yep. And, you know, your baby's going to come out and love you unconditionally. Like you yep. are their absolute warrior queen. Like they literally couldn't care less if you gained, you know, six stone or six pounds or lost six pounds. It's, it's irrelevant. You know, you are like an absolute queen to them. So it's it's just letting go of that aesthetic for a little while and really just focusing on the fact that your body is doing something so amazing and you are amazing. Like this this stuff is it's tough, you know. Yeah. We're made I think of it, tough stuff. I think it's all also um oh sorry, we've got another escapee. <laughs> another escapee. I know. Um I think it's also like we seem to everything seems to have shifted. <clears throat> everything seems to have shifted and everyone's sort of become obsessed with all the as you were saying the aesthetic side of things and actually like the human body in in its animal form was created and built to do certain things so our bodies are not built to sit in an office all day maybe with evolution in hundreds of years that will be the way we're now you know formed to do that if that's what we continue doing but we were built to um you know be in open outdoor spaces to be able to move you know all that sort of stuff carry our babies all of that thing and I think that pregnancy is something that as you were saying right at the beginning you know your body knows what it's doing your your body is this is what your body's designed to do and there should be a huge respect for that so for me I've always been so in awe of just like what the human body can achieve and that's always overridden any of that aesthetic stuff that's just kind of a much base level much more of a base level thing and then there's this really profound deep respect that I have for from what my body's able to create yeah, and I even say to people even if it's not pregnancy just you know how many times have you bruised yourself or you know had a paper cut or grazed your knee and it's healed like do you mm. know how incredible our bodies are I saw mm. a, a video the other day it was like a a time lapse of someone scraping their finger and it had a graze and then it healing over 33 days so you, the first thing you see is obviously it's scraped and then it heals and heals and heals and then the finger looks completely normal again over I think it's 33 days and I was like do you know how awesome that is like our body yeah. you, you know we hurt ourselves or you know trip up and bruise and have a cut and then they heal they just yeah heal. like they do all these incredible things that we we absolutely take for granted yeah and so when you start to focus on what your body is able to do and you know all these incredible things that we can do like birth babies and have babies and you know even when I used to say to myself oh my god my baby's got tiny little fingernails and eyelashes <laughs> like, yeah yeah all yeah detail is is you know is so incredible um so what if I get stretch marks and I've got cellulite and I gain a few pounds? Like that is all so small in comparison. Um, and so I always just say to people, and it's not to minimise or 
you know, dismiss someone's feelings about their body changing, but it's to focus on actually what it's changing for and how much it's doing. Do you, I mean, you you have such a positive network on your social media. And I also, what I find really amazing about going on social media is like, I actually find it really easy to be open and honest there because I, the majority of the feedback I'll get will be so positive, so supportive, so encouraging. Yeah. But I also think it's very easy to be this, you know, to to share all these things. Like people say, "Wow, you're so brave for posting this and that," and I'm like, "Well, it's not really brave because you're always you're all coming back to me saying you're so brave, you're so amazing," which wow. feels great. So, you know, I know that you have a lot of positivity around what you do, and so you should. But do you ever encounter negativity? And and if so, how do you cope when you encounter that? Oh my gosh, all the time. Someone's always got something to say. There's always one. <laughs> There's, always, There's always one. Always one. One of the things as well is I, I get really insulted when people tell me I'm really brave. Um, and I, I understand the sentiment. And I know it comes from a good place. And the intention is that they're, they're almost in awe. They're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. You know, you're brave mm-hmm. in the But my point is, why is it brave for me to put my body out there? Why is it brave for me to just show you what my body looks like? Because because what? Because it's bigger than someone else's or it looks different? There's nothing brave about that. I'm just existing in a body that's slightly bigger than the average or slightly bigger than one we see in a magazine. And there's nothing brave about that. Um, And one of the things is when people do come back at me, I found I had more issues with what people said when it was something that I was naturally quite insecure about anyway. So something can only bother you if it's something that it triggers something in you. So, um, you know, the whole reason why my handle is the fat funny one is because people used fat against me for so long. And I was like, I'm just going to own the word. Like, I'm really not that bothered. And when people used to call me fat and it did bother me, it's because I was uncomfortable with that. And when I got comfortable with that, suddenly that word didn't really mean much to me anymore. It didn't, it wasn't a negative word. So I always find if someone comes at me with something that triggers me in a certain way, I think, right, okay, that's tapped on something. What, what is it about that that I need to work on? What is it about that that's made me feel bad? Because if someone comes to you and says, oh, you know, I don't know, someone, people always say to me, you're not funny. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, that's so who cares? <laughs> There's loads of comedians that are so funny. I think I'm like, hilarious. Yeah, I think I'm great. Um, but if someone comes at you and says something to you that actually you know isn't true, you almost laugh it off. It's the yeah. insults that come to you that, that trigger something that make you feel bad that I actually now take and think, like, why does that make me feel bad? What is it about that that's triggered something? What do I need to... It's really interesting that you say that because I, I remember interviewing a woman um, about positive birth experiences and this woman was saying, I really hate hypnobirthing. I hate hypnobirthing. And I was like, God, oh my gosh, like, I, I thought it was amazing. Why don't you, you know, what's your problem? What's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, um, and she said, look, the thing is with hypnobirthing, it teaches you to not use certain words. So you don't use the word contraction or pain or whatever. And she was saying, actually, what you need to do is change your mindset about the word. So... Mm you can use the word pain without it causing you to seize up and feel fear. And yeah. you need to be able to process that word. And it sounds that you're saying, you know, something similar about why, why does that bother me? It's like the one, like one thing people go for is your parenting. I find online, Oh, you're really mm. bad mum. And and the reason why sometimes that will hit a nerve is because I'm probably feeling mum guilt that day. Or I'm probably yeah. feeling, in other times I'm like, whatever, I'm like the greatest mum on earth. Like, I should get yeah. every award going. Like I fed them today. Like, whoop, whoop, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you know how awesome I am? <laughs> yeah. This is great. Um, 
but it always it's always because it's something so now I've kind of built myself up on those things that I was insecure about those things that I was unhappy unhappy about the things that I questioned like, like my parenting or you know things that I really felt uncomfortable about now that I've got yeah. myself in a place where actually I've dealt with those personally and I feel better about them people come at me with them and I just think mm, okay like that's actually yeah. more a projection of how you're feeling than it is about me you yeah and 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 I've kind of taken taken it like that but for me it's always a learning curve okay someone said something how can I learn from this what is it about it that's making me feel some type of way I think it comes with time as well you know like an eat pray love type situation that the older I get and the the more the older and wiser but the more like you can accept yourself and learn to really sounds so cliche but love who you are you know it took me a long time to really totally totally be okay with exactly who I am and you know yeah yeah it is really really hard and when you when you do you get this newfound freedom that is just unreal there's things that you'll try things that you'll achieve things that you'll never have thought you could do before that you just do and you get on with and I think mothering and parenting whether you're pregnant or I've got a new baby that's the one thing that we struggle to feel we're good at you yeah. know mum guilt is just as soon as you have your baby you you feel guilt you haven't done everything the right way yeah second they come out and actually when people then question your parenting or suggest something or you know you you feel really bad and it's really hard when you're you're a first-time mum to not soak all that up so it's it's teaching yourself actually there's affirmations I am a good mum I know what I'm doing and if I don't know I need help I'll reach out for it you know I my baby is fine I'm happy I'm healthy I can do this and so when people come at you maybe you should try this or oh I would never have done that you can go okay great (laughs) <laughs> okay great thank you back <laughs> yeah, bye and, and that um, yeah because you will get it you will get it someone will always want to do something different to what you've done it and it's so yeah. hard but it is just a matter of actually no I, I get it all the time yeah. with Rio wearing dresses you know some people say oh I shouldn't wear a dress I should wear a dress blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I, I never get that when people say that. I go, oh, great. Like, well, then your kid could not wear a dress. That's fine for you and your house. But also, I'm like, if I had a girl and she was in a football kit, no one would say anything. No, it's so bizarre. And it's just an item of clothing. It's clothes. Also, he's five. Like, well, firstly, he could be 50 and I don't care. He can wear a dress all day long. I literally, I literally <laughs> doesn't bother me. But, um, but, and it's funny because the older he gets, I know we're straying off topic now, but the older he gets, the more people are saying, by the way, do you know, yeah, are you sure you still want to let him go to the park like that? And I'm like, look, when I when he was three and everyone was going, oh, he's in a dress, it's so funny. Like, and I said, I don't care. Yeah. I genuinely don't care. Like, he can be 15 years old, walk down the street wearing a dress, and I'll literally walk behind him clapping the whole way. I don't yeah, care. Cool. I don't care. You know, but it's it's funny. Like, it's it's just funny how some people will then, st- as you said, st- everyone loves to give their opinion on how you're doing, and you just have to trust that you're doing the best you can. I think that's that's all we can really do. Absolutely, and I think when you're convicted of that, and you know that you're doing the best thing for you and your child, like you, people will say something, and you're like, "Great for you, not for yeah. me. I'm going to carry on doing exactly what I'm doing." Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, just before we wrap things up, your strong like mum moments. At the end of each episode, I'm asking each guest about a time it can be during pregnancy parenting conception anything where you overcame a struggle or where you were inspired by a friend or a family member overcoming something challenging so anything to do with parenting or pregnancy at all a moment where you felt really inspired um oh my gosh there's probably so many (laughs) um do you know what I think and this is so silly the moment where I thought 
I'm, I, I can do this is when the kids at, during, recently during lockdown and I had both the girls doing arts and crafts. I had the baby in a sling and I faced on my mum and I was whizzing around the kitchen and the kids were playing. My mum was like, you've totally got this. I was like, I've totally got this. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, and I just suddenly felt really, I can do this. Like, this mm. is okay. Like, don't get me wrong, it probably ended in the day of me drinking like a glass of wine and eating a box of Japanese. <laughs> but in that, in that moment, I felt like I can do this. And I remember talking about my friends. I was like, oh, my God, look at me. And I took all these selfies with the kids doing arts and crafts. And they were like, you've got this. Like, you know, and it was yeah. just such a moment where I just suddenly thought, I can totally do this. Like, this is, it's going to be okay. So there and are moments when, when you yeah. just, yeah, realise it's possible. You're going to make possible. it. And, Totally. And then when I do have moments where I'm like, what the hell am I doing with all these children? Oh my gosh, I can't cope. I remember back actually, no, I can. I can cope. There was a moment in time where I did and it was fine. So it yeah. will be fine. There was that one minute where everyone was doing arts and crafts. I took a picture of the carnage in the kitchen afterwards, but it was fine. It was lovely. Um, but it was just a moment where I just suddenly felt really like, I don't know all the all the times that people had said to me you know your friends like they will would tell you got this you can do this but I really believed them in that moment yeah I really believed them I felt like oh my god they've all been telling me the truth like I can do this yeah and it was just so lovely to just have that kind of realization and and now I go back to that moment when I am feeling overwhelmed and go back to it and think no when they told you you could do it when they said you were a good mom they were telling the truth yeah you, amazing yeah. thank you so much um, thank you for talking to me today that's that's been amazing thank you for having me this podcast was sponsored by Pregnacare expert nutritional care for pregnancy with you every step of the way to find out more visit www.pregnacare.com